Hello and welcome to episode five. This week, we will be talking all things Marvel. We've got the complete rundown. Marvel recently released a brand new trailer that is half tr celebrating the old and half celebrating the new. So I think we got some new info and our real first solid look at the Eternals. So we'll be going date by date through all the Marvel properties that are coming up because Marvel is just slaying it with huge amounts of content. And then, of course, after that, we will talk the season finale of Invincible, which was one of the most insane things I think I've ever seen in my life. Arthur, do you agree with me? Yes. That's yes. Right. Yes. <laughs> so join us as we talk all the marvelous content and invincible visuals here at Tales to Admonish. Tales to Admonish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to keep doing it bro. normal so you keep going over the top. I like it. <laughs> bro, how you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I got my second COVID shot this week. I felt like absolute shit the day after, but now this is two oh, days crap. after the shot. I'm feeling really good. And uh, I'm like Captain America over here. I got fucking superpowers now. I could walk around amongst all the plague oh, rats. Oh, Lord. Yeah. I, I sadly I haven't gotten my vaccinations yet. Like I just I've been so busy, and everyone around me who gets them gets messed up for like a day. <laughs> I just don't have a day to get messed up. I don't have the luxury for that right now. That's true. Uh, but a voice I, actor, I, I, so. I, oh yeah, and and all, and I teach kids and everything too. So uh, uh, online, but um, yeah, um, I got to make it happen. I'm, I'm glad you got your vaccinations. Yeah, man, make it happen. Go get it done. I know it's going to suck. Um, you know, just do uh, low voices, you know, just just do black characters. They always want you to go deep for those. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I really have a choice for that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the voiceover industry is just booming with black voices all oh. over the place. <laughs> Best oh, bad. my God, that's a whole other podcast talking about, like, podcast. What, what black people had to deal with in the voiceover industry, in any industry. <laughs> hey, 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 you be happy, okay? You're getting a Superman movie. J.J. <laughs> Abrams, Black Superman. No! <laughs> <laughs> well, and I bet you feel that way because uh, they uh, just recently announced that it will absolutely be outside of continuity. It will be not. It will not be connected to the uh, combined DCEU cinematic universe, much like the new Batman film. What else film. is new? What else is new, Tom? It's just the best thing for them. They have no they have no way of sitting down and trying to figure out a connected story. So, I mean, like they I mean, this this is what, you know, these type of um things were like 20 years ago or 25 years ago. Just like total independent stories that like you can just put nice and neat and just have it be in the same world. But we've moved past that. Like we've moved past that type of storytelling. What's interesting is when these heroes interact with other heroes, you know, or else you just have like a bland ass is either you have a cold opening, which is probably the best way to go. You know, so like the character's already established as a hero, which is going to mm -hmm, be weird mm -hmm. if you're uh, if you're uh, introducing a new black Superman, which is going to be freaking weird. Or you do the boring ass origin story like they did for 10 straight years, like in the aughts, you know, um, that's fair. Yeah. I knew you'd hate just, it. I had to bring it up. <laughs> I mean, look, I, I, I think JJ is a pretty incredible storyteller. I mean, he has his weaknesses and he's actually uh, um, conscious enough to, you know, admit it. He admits that he sucks at endings, you know, and that's, and that's actually, 
he he admits it himself. That's that's really good that he could do that. Because there's some directors out there that just think everything they do is f- fantastic. <coughs> Shy <coughs> Mulan, you know, and uh, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, yeah. So I mean, uh, I don't know. I know. It's like sometimes sometimes you're happy that oh look oh more black content, but then it's just like okay what's what is the extent of this black content? You right, know? but you're only getting it as like an individualized bite. They're not trying to make it part of the bigger picture. It's like, it feels like black content, but it's like minor league black content. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, again, really straight up, What what is the extent of this content? Because, you know, like there's stuff that's performative and then there's stuff that's just like organic. And you, of course, want it to be organic and not have this other thing behind it. Like JJ already burned me with Finn. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it, like it's, like it's gonna be really hard. It's gonna be really hard to like That's go with them on with, with black. With, yeah, with black stuff. Like maybe you should stay away from black stuff, JJ. You know. <laughs> um, I mean, at least at least he did he did good on the, the HBO show Lovecraft Country. Mm-hmm, you know, but mm-hmm. but but he largely just let. Um, the the lady uh, on there, the showrunner. Right, right. I'm, I'm so sorry for I'm blanking on her name, but mm-hmm. she he largely let her like run that show, and and it was great for it. You know, it what what was sad is that um, uh, you know they kept trying to give Jordan Peele all the credit for that when he just again was like a just a producer. Yeah, he was an associate producer yeah. or something. Yeah. Well, let's look. Let's, let's no get on to the other tidbits. Oh well, well the other one, of course, is uh, debuting not a movie, not a TV show, not a cartoon, but a physical object. Oh, what's this? The new lightsaber. Oh yeah, I saw this man. Like it's so crazy how big this sort of thing is. That because it got its own trailer. a toy got a trailer it got its own trailer because people have been waiting it's like this is almost akin to like you know the the hover the hover uh skateboard right you know like like or 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 the or the self-tying shoelaces all the reboxes we have we have this now I mean, I, I mean, I think it's a little suspect, though. I mean, because it lo- it looks pretty CGI on that trailer. No, 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 no. I was reading up on how it worked, and it makes perfect sense. It makes perfect freaking sense. Okay. Um. So basically, it's like uh, a tape measure. So you know, when a tape measure rolls up, it flattens out. But when it comes out of the end of the tape measure, it's a little bit curved. So what ILM okay. came up with is basically on either side of the hilt is like dual tape measures, and they're clear plastic. And at the end of it is a um, uh, a coiled LED. So as the lightsaber extends up, the sides of it come out flat, but then they curl together. So what I imagine is, is that there's a seam where the two plastics overlap that you might see a little bit of differentiation. And I think that'd probably be on the sides. They certainly wouldn't show it in like the premiere, this is our new toy video. But I can't say for sure that there would be, but that's that's how the mechanics work. And to me, that makes perfect goddamn sense. It's brilliant and it's mechanical and simple. I think it's I think it's the real deal. And it breaks easy. Yeah, it's gonna break easy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the, the actor, the actor in that trailer is holding that thing so like gingerly. Oh, well, that's like a ten thousand dollar prototype, man. That's worth more than her exactly. whole life. I mean, what do you think a kid's going to do with that $10,000? Well, they're not going to be available to the public <laughs> just yet. Right now, they are going to be exclusively 
for the Jedis that are on the the Jedi cruises that they have, like the um, experience cruises. And then they're going to be issued to the actors in the parks that play those characters at well. But so for right now, there's absolutely no plan to make this commercially uh, available. Although the moment that they can make it robust enough that it doesn't break, because right now you're exactly right. It's fragile as fuck. But the moment they can make those robust enough, they're going to sell, I don't know, a billion of them. So I give it a couple of years, but you're going to see that in living rooms, mm. you know, for Christmas, like 2030. <laughs> It breaks that morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there's going to be a lot of tears on Christmas. <laughs> oh, no, man. Oh, uh, so, but it's cool as hell, though, just to see them like actually make this thing. Cause this is what people have been waiting for who love this stuff. And um, good for them for actually making uh, it happen. Speaking of tears, I know Brie Larson might be crying because they took off uh, Captain Marvel off of the title. Of the of the Marvels, <laughs> ah, I don't think that that matters to Brie Larson. I don't know. I don't know. I, hey, you want to hear? Mean, that's uh, pretty... hear a funny story. I met Brie Larson once. Um, okay, I had no idea who she was. We both did an episode of um, Access Hollywood where she was interviewing, and I was doing a pumpkin carving segment, and just literally met her for about thirty seconds, shook hands, and then just kept walking. But she seemed perfectly nice, and uh, I had no freaking clue at all who she was because that was like two thousand and fifteen. Um, oh yeah, but um, you know, I don't, I don't think she's got problems. You think she's got problems? I, I really feel like it was like a very calculated move for Marvel because she, she had all of that, um, the drama that happened when she just was speaking her mind politically about stuff, you know, and it just, it made a lot of like angry fanboys and say, Oh, me, me no likey. You know, well, there was that whole campaign against her on Rotten Tomatoes. That's and, that's what I'm saying. But that's not her fault. I mean, but they tied it directly to her. I'm talking about the fan base here. Yeah. You know, so like I, I think I mean, it I mean, Marvel, they're they're very uh, savvy, you know, like I think th they found a way like that to make it make sense for story and also to assuage kind of people from continuing the hate train on on Brie because by calling it the Marvels you're you're talking about multiple characters not Captain Marvel you know like saying like saying Cap Captain Marvel too mm -hmm. cuz it's not like the first one was that great you know it, it kind of it wasn't i i wanted to That's like it more nick fury was awesome in that movie i thought uh, it's all, he was fun right. i mean i i mean the movie what can i say about the movie um. Yeah, was, I mean, I I had a I had a lot of problems with that film, you know. Um, I don't want to go into it. No, now, no, but, sure, sure. That's for another time. Yeah, but um, but uh, yeah. Um, I, I don't know. I like. I mean, because you know, with them focusing on the Marvels, you know, of course they're going to be talking about uh Monica Monica Rambo and and wait, is that was that her mom? Uh, uh, no, no, no. It's um, her mother's Maria Rambo. Yeah, there we go. There we go. So you got you got Monica, and you also have uh, Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, uh, uh, Kamala Kamala Khan, and um, so uh, we, me and off air Tom was was trying to figure out something that um that I was pretty sure about. Did you look it up? I yet? did look it up. I did look it up, and Monica Rambo was the first 
Captain Marvel after Marvel proper and was definitely predated yeah, Miss Marvel using the name Captain Marvel yeah, Carol Danvers, which did come much. Oh, I gotta later. figure out something. I gotta figure out something uh, special for you to do. Now, because I could have sworn that Carol Danvers had used it before Monica Rambeau, because Rambeau was no. Photon and Spectrum and all these other names. I just got it wrong. No, you're right, and I'm wrong. Yeah, that's what made me kind of mad about the movie, like how they rolled out. They rolled out, um, you know, because they try to be very kind of specific about things in these movies. But they rolled out this white Captain Marvel when it was like it was very clear that the first Captain Marvel was black. If you talk about the female Captain Marvel, right. you know, and and then the, yeah, I mean, it, they they have such a messed up legacy for black characters in comic books, you yeah. know, and um, like that could be a whole episode of itself mm-hmm, as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but she was Captain Marvel first, and then they they kind of flipped her aliases around for years and years and years. Yeah. She was Photon, and then Spectrum, etc. So I mean, I I I, th- I think Marvel's pretty savvy for uh, making this title change, but I think it's pretty whack to like go from Captain Marvel. Like, who when when do you ever do that? Captain Marvel to the Marvels, <laughs> you know? Like well, I see. All right. So I don't think number one, I don't think that that change stops the hate at all. I think actually it's only going to amplify the hate because it seemed like a lot of the shit that Brie Larson was taking was from a very, you know, vocal minority that there were some people who have maybe have some misogynistic views and felt like having a female led superhero movie somehow bothered them. And I think that the exact kind of person to be bothered by a movie with a female lead is going to be triple bothered by adding a, a, a black and um, Middle Eastern female co-leads um, as well. I don't know. I think I don't that, know. I think I, disagree I think that, with that shitty people are going to be shitty. I want to let's call it now. Let's let's predict it now. I think that there's going to be a ton of completely unwarranted online hate fighting against the quote unquote like social justice message. They're going to claim that the movie is preachy and stupid and we don't want to see these characters. There's always that group that comes out and talks that kind of shit. I don't always. know. And I think Brie Larson bared the brunt of a lot of that. I, I don't think so, because I think when when Brie was um like, you know, with Brie, you have you have Brie as the lead in something and then Brie as a side character in something. So when Brie was a side character, they used her in a lot of cool ways in uh Infinity War. Um, like there, there there wasn't that much of a like a dust up about that. The most most of the dust ups happened during the release of uh her initial movie. And so like I think a lot of that stuff is going to be assuaged by the fact that Marvel's move, moving full steam on these plots. Like, you're not going to have time to think about, like, oh, there's, oh, there's the social justice stuff. Like, they already set, set up, like, a plot beads for Monica and um, Carol's eventual, eventual meetup um, in uh, WandaVision. You know, so, like, I, I think they're going to be so concerned with plot, you know, like, like, and that's what Marvel wants you to be focused on. They don't want you to be focused on, like, outside bullcrap. You know, I don't know. I I, I think them calling yeah, no. it Marvels, you don't, you don't. It makes you not directly think about Captain Marvel. It actually is pretty interesting because, mm. you, you know, they weren't expect people weren't expecting no, that title. So, ooh, what's that? A, whoa, what's that about? You know, 
So I think they're pretty savvy for that. Yeah, it's weird. I'm not sure. I can't really wrap my head around what I think Marvel thinks about Brie Larson's behavior on the press tour for, you know, the final Avengers uh, bit. But because... Oh, they they always have words like they they have words for but, all of them. No, no, no. You know? But my thought I mean, is, to, to is me, that she's oh, like making up? good trouble. You know, the, the rundown for anybody who maybe because that was a while ago isn't familiar is is that she publicly came out and complained about the fact that what she felt was a disproportionate number of reporters that she was being given time to were white and male. And that she would not continue mm-hmm. to do press junkets unless they equalized the representation in the press room, which can sometimes be difficult um, from a managerial perspective because this shit's already all been set up months in advance. And now this this person is just like, you know what? I'm not doing another one until you completely change who's going to be in the room. So there's a lot of organizational mm-hmm. nonsense from the production company's standpoint that goes into that change. So I could see them having animosity about that. But it's also very on brand with their message. Mm-hmm. So I could see them feeling yeah. either way about it. I, I, for one, am totally into it. I think that if that's the way that she wants to use her celebrity and her ability to do interviews or not do interviews, I think that's the best kind of trouble. And Don Cheadle had her back 100% when he was asked about it. And he said that she was fantastic and he was really glad that she she said that. I don't know, man. There's, there's still like a lot of backstage drama between Brie and a lot of those actors. You, they they've had a bunch of video uh, analysis about it, like body language and stuff. It's I, I saw I saw like, that, I, and I think that the lady who wrote that article is full of shit. I I just respectfully <laughs> respectfully because and again, you know what? I'm going to reference the same the same article I read where Don Cheadle said like whoever it was that made that assessment didn't see what was going on behind the scenes. So when you say, "Oh, well she's sitting this way so as to, you know, impose her her height on the actor next to her." And Don goes, "No, the hairstylist kept futzing with her ponytail so she was sitting that way to try and hold it out of shot." And so, like, we don't know what was going on behind the scenes that would make a person behave one way or another, like, on an on-camera interview. And I, I've done a lot of on-camera interviews in my life, and it's it's 100%. You have no idea, like, what's going on. The interview is, like, the tiniest part of your day. And so mm-hmm. um, I, I, don't give that, I don't give that assessment any credence at all. I just don't. Uh, I don't know. He seemed pretty annoyed with her when he kept she kept touching him. He's like, I, I told you not to touch that. <laughs> that could be the dynamic of their humor. I I'm I don't know. I can only go yeah, on what the guy said. Know. And he came out and made several statements contrary to those assessments. Yeah. I mean, Marvel makes these people do so much crowd control. Oh, yeah. I mean, to, to to some degree, I feel like uh some of it is like fabricated. But but then there there's moments where it just seems re- really real. Like like the whole thing about oh Tom Holland can't keep a secret. <laughs> like I really feel like that's just like like they that's a whole put on, you know. Like so like I mean it it keeps people interested and it makes him quirky and, and funny fun. sort of press. Yeah, you know. He can't keep a secret. <laughs> well, they did the whole when they actually released, you know, that the the final one was going to be called No Way Home. They did that whole bit where they gave them fake names because no one can keep a secret now. It's fun. Yeah. It is a little put on, but they're yeah. an entertainment company. If you don't think absolutely oh, everything is put on. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I've, I feel like some stuff is real and some stuff is just like, uh, you know, kind of cleverly. I hidden. bet Tom uh, Hiddleston isn't that charming in real life. 
Mm. <laughs> he seems like it. <laughs> he isn't nearly as charming as he appears on the television. Oh, uh, so let's talk about Eternals because um, I had no idea how the Eternals were going going to play because it's it's such a weird thing for Marvel to do because you have this thing that's just full of like 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 you know yesteryear's A list actors, you know, in this thing. Yeah, like Angelina Jolie. Yeah, just, Angelina Jolie bit. just looks weird. She looks weird being in the Marvel movie because it's like there's like there's no precedence set for any of this storyline. So I was just really worried about what the Eternals was going to be. But I, I have to say I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. What do you well, think? Well, I think what did we get like 15 seconds of it? But um, but it, what I, what I've seen looked pretty good. I mean, I don't I don't really see Angelina Jolie. Um, being problematic in the role, but um, I don't think she's problematic. It's just it's just weird seeing Angelina Jolie in a Marvel movie as a lead. Yeah, usually, that's fair. usually what they do with these type of A list actors is they have some weird cameo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like Matt Matt Damon. <laughs> Matt Damon's hilarious cameo as Loki. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. You're right. It's true. Um, but yeah, I, I I thought I loved the look of it. I'm excited for Kit Harrington as the Black Knight. I think watching him and like mm-hmm. I think he 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 has exactly the right sort of presence for the Black Knight because the Black Knight's a little bit formal, a little bit old school, and I think we've seen him mm-hmm. in that sort of light. Uh, Kamal Nan- Nanjiani, oh, I'm gonna butcher that. Kamal Nanjiani, um, of course, mm-hmm. is like chiseled out of stone now. He looks fantastic he takes those sunglasses off and you're like is this the same guy who used to host comedy shows in the back room of fucking meltdown (laughs) (laughs) let's pour one out for meltdown right now oh Uh, pour one out man i love meltdown Uh, i saw that's where i met him there one time huh i met kamal nanjiani at a meltdown at a a comedy show in the yeah it's like every every celebrity went there man every celebrity went there but yeah, he looks amazing. Yeah, he looks like, absolutely amazing. And then uh, uh, Brian Tyree Henry as Fastos. Like we mm-hmm. don't get a good look at him in this. And I was—that's the one thing I was missing from this trailer was I wanted a good look at it because I love him in Atlanta. And mm-hmm. um, oh, he's he's fantastic. He's great in everything. He's the 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 clerk at the insane asylum that the Joker's mom was held in in Joaquin Phoenix's Joker. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh shit, it's Paperboy working at the hospital. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, he was in stupid Godzilla versus King. Kong. I haven't seen it yet, and from what you've told me, it that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, but I'm, I'm liking what I'm seeing so far. Uh, apparently. Kamal's playing, um, you know, although they're all like ages old and stuff, uh, he's like a Bollywood star. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The uh, that that character does that. I think they're gonna explain where they've been, you know, because obviously, if they had, if they're the defenders of this reality, then where have they been when Thanos wipes out half of it? And I think there's gonna be something about um, Thanos, uh, the the child character who plays Sprite, and I can't think of what the actor's name is right off the top of my head, but uh, mm-hmm. he's, he's as old as mm-hmm. the rest of them, but chooses to present as a kid. He has the ability to erase yeah, yeah. memories. So I think we might yeah. get a storyline where everyone's had their mind wiped so they could, quote, live as human. Something similar, like, uh, I remember Secret Wars had the Beyonder do that at one point, have his mind wiped so he could experience. Yeah. Oh my God, you know what? That's the famous comic where Spider-Man teaches Beyonder how to poop. 
This is a real thing. Look, oh, wow. <laughs> look this shit up. In Secret Wars 2, in Secret Wars 2, um, the Beyonder comes to Earth and has his mind wiped so he can live as a human. And the first person he runs into is Spider-Man. And Spider-Man is there the very first time the Beyonder ever has to poop and like shows him a bathroom and explains the process very euphemistically. But it's fucking hilarious and one of the weirdest things ever in comics. Yeah. But I think that's what we'll see here is something like that where they've lost their memories and then they get maybe the snap brings them back. Mm. I don't know, but I'm I'm psyched for it. Uh, that's going to be November fifth, twenty twenty one, right? Well, I mean, right? well, the thing is, the thing is, Thanos Thanos is uh, an eternal too. He's like a, a deviant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, I'm I'm sure that's exactly what happened. Like, Thanos triggered these people coming back or whatever. You know, like they're they're not done by far with like this like whole snap snap thing and the last the the, the five years blip and. All of that stuff has so many repercussions to all the storylines. So, yeah, I mean, I think we'll see. I mean, they they mentioned that there's a possibility we could see a young Thanos. Mm-hmm. And then also one of the settings in the background um, looked sort of like old timey. So similar to where we're going to get Shang-Chi showing us battles in the past. I wouldn't be surprised if the way the Eternals just avoid screwing around with the whole current universe is that we see all of them in like, you know, the, the bronze well, yeah, or something. I mean, that was the kind of their thing. That's the kind of the thing about this thing. They're telling a storyline that spans thousands of years. And mm-hmm. it's, you know, so it's like supposed to be, you know, I, I like when the word comes from like a higher ups who see this stuff and like hearing that they're blown away. Yeah. You know, cause it just, it gives, it gives their movies a lot of great hype. And, um, I just I hope I hope this movie kills it because like it's so it's so outside of what Marvel has done usually like the Marvel doesn't usually you know besides Guardians of the Galaxy that's how I see this movie is in that same vein but it's it's not like it's not like um you know uh, Star Lord uh, that actor was like an A list actor no he was the fat guy from Parks and Rec. Yeah, they let him lose a lot of weight and gave him a chance <laughs> in the movie, you know? <laughs> you know, so, like, that movie had, like, just, like, a, a brazen weirdness to it that needed to come with something that's going to be Marvel in mm-hmm. space. You know, like, this is just, like, this kind of is approaching the way things were handled, like, in the 90s or something. Yeah. In the 90s, epic. they would get, like, a huge, crazy cast... Uh, for something like this, especially if you're not like it, it you know, because they ne- they never they haven't laid any seeds for the Eternals, <laughs> except for those large uh, entities. You know, the, what were the, those gods called? Oh, um, oh, the Celestials. Yeah, the Celestials. That's the only thing that we have, but that that wasn't that hasn't been talked about in like seven years. So I, I'm really so curious. I I can't wait till we get a really full trailer. You know, for that thing. Well, Angelina Jolie was quoted as saying that she saw the full trailer and she loves it, which, of course, she's going to say. But it does mean that it is completed and ready to be released at any time. So I'm looking forward to that. We also need to talk about Wakanda Forever. Wakanda Forever. Now, I don't know too much about where that's going to go. I mean, we all, you know, rest in peace, Chadwick Boseman. So clearly um, we don't have the Black Panther um, king of of Wakanda, T'Challa. But we've got plenty of other characters to take up the mantle. What do do you think they're going to do? Well, from what I've heard, uh, Coogler 
is he's trying to play it smart and um f- you know like since they built this fantastic vision of Wakanda and all these characters and political intrigue and you know he wants to make it more about like an ensemble piece about everybody in Wakanda that being said it's like I don't know how you're going to explain like the rhino in the room you know yeah, where's with, T'Challa like, you know Chad T'Challa you know I mean, there's so many ways of explaining it away that, and all, but all of it's gonna fall like hollow, you know. Like the Marvel made a huge mistake by not recasting Chala. You feel that that was a mistake? I mean, I I agree. Yes, I feel like it was a huge mistake. I mean, this is as as a black man, I have a problem with stuff like this because I feel like um, we're we're uh, uh, condescended to. And treat it like we're children and and pets a lot of times. It's just like, oh, this black figure for the black community died. Uh, well, we don't know how to how to move past this. Uh, well, we we want to make sure that they feel okay. So we're we are not going to recast this role. Shut up. Like, what are you talking about? Chadwick isn't T'Challa. He's an actor. Chala's story, Chala's story needs to continue. It's like saying if Henry Cavill died unexpectedly, nobody could ever be Superman again. Like that's what I'm saying. Like uh, this is, uh, and then that's the narrative they keep pushing. No one played that part like Chadwick. Well, no one played it before him. Yeah, Chadwick was good. Are Are you saying there's no black actor out there that could play a dude in a panther suit? <laughs> what are we talking about right now? Oh man, you know. And I think I think everybody was in his feelings. I mean, that's that's a hell of a story that this man who was so great and had such a insane career, like uh, for such a short time, yeah, to die the way to die the way he did. And I think everybody was in their feelings, like yeah, like the we, you, 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 at the at the time you couldn't even talk about movie business and stuff. And I, I'm sure everyone's feeling, oh, well, we can't recast this. And it's just like. But as time has gone by, it's just like, yeah, of course you can recast this. You have to. I mean, otherwise you strip one of the few great characters that that community has away. Just like you said, it's it's yes. the character. It's not the actor. And unfortunately, there are relatively few of them to go around to just be pulling some off the table. Exactly. That's like the biggest thing. Chala is like a bigger than life character that has like had like the greatest like um, uh, beginnings that you can for a character like this, and I um, we we need to see the Chala Namer fight. Yeah, we need to see that. Like we need to see that. Like that needs to happen. We need to we needed to see. Even though it was cliche as hell, it, I feel like you could make it work for the movies. We need to see uh, 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 Aurora Monroe and Chala. Like Aurora sh- should have been introduced in the Black Panther series. Oh yeah. Well, they until they do mutants, they I mean, can't I, show. I mean, I know they had like they had all the plans for that. Until they do mutants, how do you roll that character out? Because they're rolling I like that that's the plan. Like don't don't you see what they're doing in all the movies? They're they're they incrementally rolling out so many different seeds for so many different things in the future. Young of Young Avengers, um the the mutants Sure, sure, sure. But I think her presence in the Black Panther movie would have been a little jarring. Uh, that's what they were planning. They were planning to unveil Storm. Like, this This is pre-Chadwick uh, death. They were, uh, they were planning to unveil Storm 
in this. Okay, like, that makes sense to me. That would be awesome. Yeah, and I think they're planning on unveiling Rogue in uh, the Marvels. Of course, because of her interaction with Carol Danvers in the comic books that basically gives her yeah. all of Captain Marvel's power minus the energy beam. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That makes sense. That's probably going to be the inciting incident that makes um, uh, Kamala want to become Miss Marvel. Um, we'll see. So we'll, we'll we'll see because it seems like the uh, the 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 Kamala show comes out before the Marvels. Yes, the Kamala show is coming out. It's uh, slated for like um, twenty twenty one. Although there has been much more than that given, and then uh, the Marvels is November eleventh, twenty twenty two. So we'll we'll see. Um, that's that's my that's my read on Wakanda Forever. Like, I mean, I I, I love Coogler. Whatever he makes is going to be great. It's so it sucks that he lost his lead, man. But I think Marvel made a big mistake. You know, they and they they it's like they rarely make mistakes, but when they do, it's usually really big mistake. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's because we're so you know? emotionally invested in it. So so yeah, if we're looking at the rundown, we're gonna get Loki first on June eleventh. Then we're gonna get Black Widow on July 9th, which I'm excited for. I'm excited for. I'm I'm full, I'm gonna be fully vaccinated, so I will probably go to the movie theaters and see that. Now, do you know are they gonna release that on Disney Plus like as an extra charge, or is that just gonna be in the movies? I think they're just going for theaters for that one. Yeah, because I haven't seen anything about streaming on it. And uh yeah, so I, I guess I'll, I I'll have to get out and see that. Theaters. Yeah, because like they're figuring that, you know, people are are getting more comfortable going to the movie theater again. That's true. And Marvel, Marvel releasing a movie is something that's going to get people out. Yeah, then we get uh, Shang-Chi on September 3rd. Um, uh-huh. And then sometime in the fall, we're going to get the Hawkeye series. Um, and then um, and then, and then, then in September as well, Venom 2, Let There Be Carnage. It finally, that Ooh. recently was announced as well. You're booing that Ooh. movie too. <laughs> I'm, I'm booing that movie too a little bit, but only because I... I hate Woody Harrelson as uh, Cletus Cassidy. It was such a like uninspired choice. Like, like I mean, th- this that's the problem with Sony. They don't understand their characters. Oh, oh just, just like let's just do a crazy thing. Put him in a straitjacket. It's like no man. Like this this is so beyond a straitjacket. Cletus is completely off. The chain insane. Yes. Like you you really needed to get like a great actor to do this. But the but the again, the foundation that they laid for Venom didn't allow for them to really think out stuff. It's like how do you do a Venom movie without Spider-Man? Yeah. That's a whole that's a whole thing. That's, that's I refuse to see I refuse to see Venom to this day because of that. You still haven't seen it? No. That trailer was so garbage, man. Like him, him, to, and I'm going to take you and put you in my little gooseberry pie, and then I'm going to take you and rip you apart. And does that sound nice? Uh, uh, shut up. Yeah, it's ham-fisted. It's I'm not gonna lie, it's a little ham-fisted. It, if you hated Mortal Kombat, you will fucking hate Venom. So I'll give you that. Well, yeah, I mean, like the, the this is what Sony was doing. Sony has been like so desperate to hang on to the Spider-Man franchise. And the only way they can do it is if they make successful movies that, and they haven't, that's why they had to rely on Marvel. And they found that they found themselves in a very sweet spot to just leech off of Marvel's creativity and success. You know, but I feel like, I, I feel like Venom is, um, 
is a required early step for a company like Sony to start making properties like this. I feel like Venom is their Ghost Rider. You know, Ghost Rider happened, this came out before Iron Man, but the same year, and it's not canonical, but I think it's the kind of movie you have to make to then make better movies. Like, Venom's not arguably a good movie, but I feel like it's a... it's a necessary step in that progression. The, 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 the problem is, again, like these people trying to make these standalone movies, does it doesn't make sense to, to do that. Like like when they have these movies where like like the character is like the only like fantastical character in that world. You know? Yeah. Like that's just weird to do that with Venom and then try to make him an anti-hero, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, whatever they did in that storyline, I heard it was a bunch of weird stuff in there. It was movie. a bunch of stuff going on, and it's like, and to do that with, all without Spider Man, that's the whole thing about the, even the name Venom, the jealousy, the toxic, the toxicity that Eddie Brock has over his jealousy for Peter Parker. Like that's the whole point. Yeah, yeah, to, yeah. like not to not have that. It's like, what is the character? Right, he just right. seemed like a, a weird, hungry guy. And they're just going to get into conflict because Venom, well, Venom skipped over villain and went straight to anti-hero. And so that's so dumb. And so Venom is going to be an anti-hero and Spider-Man will be a hero hero. And they're going to come into conflict likely over killing the bad guys. Venom will kill the bad guys. Spider-Man will not kill the bad guys. And that should likely be their conflict. (sighs) I, 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 I get so, I have so many issues with these studios that own these properties, they have like they just have no love for the characters. They don't understand the characters. Like everything's like like super vague and and and. Well, that's why out. that's why I hated Woody Harrelson because I felt like it was a big name pick that didn't fit the character at all. If you read the comics, exactly. Like, Cletus, Ka- you know who my dream casting for for Carnage would be? Ooh. Would be Jackie Earl Haley. He'd be fine. I mean, that's I who would I want. Jim, I would Carnage. pick Jim Carrey. I think nah, Jim Carrey. Too far. Well, maybe now. Yeah, I'm, I'm no, thinking Jim it's not Carrey, Ace Ventura, but like Jim Carrey now. Yeah. Jim Carrey, dude. Jim Carrey would be fucking awesome as a, as like a serial killer, like a crazy, hilarious serial killer. No, he's an absolute oh maniac. And I think either, yeah, either of those picks, but like he's all they they said the what was his name Fleischman who who casted uh, who casted this, uh, him uh, as a uh, carnage said um that he did it because you know he liked the way he played the character in natural born killers and that he has a good serial killer vibe but it's like that's all the wrong Ooh. kind of serial killer like he's too big he's too muscular part of cletus cassidy's problem is the little guy syndrome is that he was thin and smaller but just absolutely fuck all insane and that's where his power came from not from being physically imposing like somebody like eddie brock yeah yeah i got i i'm i'm hoping for the best and planning for the worst uh which of course leads us to morbius which is now similar to venom 2 got its release date recently and that's going to be january 21st 22 we're not talking about morbius well i'm just saying do you think that's going (laughs) to suffer from from you know new mutant syndrome where the constant pushbacks and that there's this movie just doesn't stand a chance Ugh. (laughs) <laughs> enough said in the immortal words of stan lee huh <laughs> enough said Ugh. all right well uh, so right. we talked about modok and we had animation uh what if is gonna mm-hmm. hit this summer are you excited to see that 
Yeah. I love the um, one comics. I mean, they were so good. Oh yeah. Such a such great memories of um those comic books and stuff. You know, I mean that's a perfect example of like telling a one off story. Like that's a perfect example. You make the one off story its own show. <laughs> that's true. I mean, yeah, I mean, like just uh, like untold tales, like 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 it, it, it's it's like when you're playing with your toys and you're like, uh, and what if what if my what if my Superman uh, had sludge powers? You know, right, like right, I mean, right. you, you, it's really just kind of playing around. And joined up with my Ninja Turtles. <laughs> oh yeah, it's really just playing around with with the the IP. Yeah, you know. So and I I just think that's cool. I th- I think they have so many great ideas. Thank goodness for Feige. You know. Like DC should have made it their main point to find their Feige. Yeah, you know. Well, but that's been the big difference between Marvel and DC for as long as Marvel and DC have existed. You know, I think the big difference was Stan Lee. Is that when you thought Marvel Comics, you're like, oh, Stan Lee, the Mary Marvel Marching Society. Like he was, he was their owner, operator, and mascot. And then when you looked at mm-hmm. when you looked at DC, you didn't have that personification. It was just a corporation. It was Detective Comics. It was never, you know, uh, uh, any of the people there, Bill Finger or Bob Kane or any of the creators at mm-hmm. DC. Um, it was just the company DC. And now we have that same exact thing playing out in their cinematic universes where you have this director in Kevin Feige and everyone knows, Oh, Kevin Feige's running this shit. This is Kevin Feige shit. And then with DC, you're kind of like, who's driving the boat over there. Yeah. So it's just, they'd make the same mistakes over and over again. Oh yeah. They're going to have uh, they're going to have all their what if stories, but they're just going to call them movies. What if Superman was black? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that's, what, that's what they're going to call me. What if Superman was black? By J.J. Abrams. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, so we got the Marvels. Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Volume 3, in two years from now. It's, May 5th. Man, 2023. Yeah, 2023, get it in two years. But we should get a holiday special between now and them, which apparently uh, Mark Hamill and uh, James Gunn have been going back and forth. Mark Hamill warning James Gunn to watch out for holiday specials. <laughs> Isn't that fantastic, man? Oh, my God. I hope they make it. He makes it exactly like the old Star Wars one. We have a, like a big, <laughs> like a big, like a big man in suit puppet for Rocket. Oh, my God. Like if they made it super low budget. <laughs> Oh, that would be so Dude, funny. Dude, they, they have to, he has to do it that way. He has to do it that way. The weird soul numbers. Super, like, super, like, uh, puppet, super uh, effects, like, on a soundstage. Oh, my God. <laughs> please, please let that happen. Please. please happen. Oh, I love James. Uh, like, again, like, look, like, he's the only one that is able to do movies at DC and Marvel. <laughs> Because Marvel, yeah. Marvel, yeah. because Marvel's like you know being, you know, a little too prudish and like letting him go. Yep, instead they of, screwed instead that of, up so bad. Instead of just like defending him, you know, they knew who he was. They yeah. knew who he was. There was no question. He had already done the apology tour for working at Troma. Fucking Troma. You hired this guy. Yeah. From Troma. Yeah. What did you expect? But anyway, yeah, that's its own thing. So. That was a lot of Marvel. Heck yeah, Marvelous, baby. 
Oh my God, we didn't even cover it all. There's Doctor Strange, Fantastic Four, Captain America 4, What Happened with the Blade movie, Deadpool 3 is coming, Moon Knight, She-Hulk, Ironheart. Is Ironheart <laughs> going to be in Armor Wars? What about Secret Invasion? Like, this is, Hawkeye is coming. I mean, there is so much shit we didn't even talk about. We didn't even talk about none of it. And that's not even to say, like, you know, you're getting Avengers 3, the X-Men are coming, and what about Namor? How many times are they going to tease him and not give us something from him? So oh, I love how hyped you are man There's that's so why i love much. you There's so much. i'm waiting for all of it i want it all i love it love it love it love it that's right but but the big topic of the day because we're running out of time god we've been that was 45 straight minutes of marvel tidbit oh yeah that's that like that's a big load of news man that was a whole load of news yeah. damn <laughs> wasn't even a half palette. <laughs> Shit, I'm I gotta take a breath now. <laughs> Before we get into Invincible, aka the worst weekend in Omni Man's life. <laughs> Cause that's like that's like the uh the whole essence of this is that you when you live thousands and thousands and thousands of years, mm-hmm. shit that happens over a couple of decades. I mean, that's like, that's just a weekend. Mm-hmm. And how much weight do you put on a bad weekend? You can get past a bad weekend pretty quick, you know? Yeah. I got to tell you, man, I've seen so much stuff, you know, like as far as like. I've seen some shit. Yeah. You know, <laughs> as far as like, like, you know, cinematic disaster, like in, in, in bloody messes and fights and stuff. But the conceptualization of some of these scenes and just this episode was just like really Brilliant. horrific, really horrific. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, it was just, it was almost like way too much. Like I couldn't even imagine this, this, this only kind of worked as an animation, as, as, maybe? as <laughs> like an animation. Cause like, imagine if it was like, like, uh, like they shot it for real. I, like I would shot, watch shot that live, but, live but action. That's not everybody. <laughs> That would be horrendous. That would be a yeah. Japanese movie if they shot it for real. That you, you oh, yeah. <laughs> nobody's doing that in America right now. It would be absolutely horrendous. Yeah, like for Omni Man holding up Mark, like as as two invulnerable people, as this train comes at them with all of these pe- the carnage of that scene. And their attention to the physics of the sheer buildup of the number of bodies, because as you oh, go yeah. forward, there's they're gonna they're gonna bulk up, they're gonna catch and build up, and just it was it was incredible in its attention to realism. Thank God it was animated. Yeah, man, all, just all the needless, unwarranted stuff, like him holding that woman's arm and. Yeah. Lord. Well, again, the the real superhero physics where in a comic book if a building is falling over, Superman flies over and uh pushes it back upright and mm-hmm. then in real life, you have an area the size of your hands. Even if you can apply infinite pressure, at best mm-hmm. you punch through. Oh yeah. Yeah, it was just it was a lot to watch. And for them to be able to to show that and to show the futility of trying to save them. Yeah. I was like and this show wasn't messing around because, like, they had, they had that first uh, a black fighter pilot. You know, like, in recent years, like, they're, they they, they, they kind of are careful when they choose, like, to kind of kill, like, a generic black person. So, like, this show did not care. And, again, and that, that was pretty good, you know? Because it, it wasn't oh, how like quickly how... quickly he kills him. Yeah. 
But it's, I'm just saying, I'm speaking to this trope about like the first black man dying. I mean, that was that was like a huge thing in the 70s and 80s and early yeah, yeah. 90s. And they they kind of stepped away from that trope and to the point where again like this this great coddling starts happening. Well, we don't want them like and it got to the point where they would even use it as a red herring, like yeah, when yeah, yeah. when um, LL Cool J famously didn't die in Deep Blue Sea. <laughs> 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 they kept they kept playing it like he was gonna die because <laughs> they they knew that was the standard. The Samuel Jackson, you know. Did, though. <laughs> That's so amazing. It's such a, again, now that's a so bad it's good movie. Oh, yeah. That movie is horrendous. But Samuel <laughs> Jackson is just amazing. LL Cool is amazing. I love him. That's so good. But, but yeah, so you're right because the world in Invincible is so diverse yeah. that the black pilot is not the first black character we meet yeah. as an quote unquote extra. So it feels natural. Yeah, it feels natural. And that's, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's what made it feel like. I mean, I'm gonna notice stuff like that, and when, yeah, yeah. and it just it just was like a breath of fresh air to just be be killed just like anybody else would be killed, versus being like the focus of a scene or whatever, you know. And uh, it's a it's a weird thing that's it's a weird thing to talk about, but like it that is still important to me. <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. You know, the um, other pilot is a woman. She dies too. Yeah, but but they they were really um. A little artistic about it, like versus like show, yeah, just showing yeah, this yeah. man destroyer. Like she kind of dies off screen because they show her cr- crawling. Remember, like again, mm-hmm. like I, I pay attention to stuff like this. It's like, are they gonna actually like have him crush this chick too? Like, you know, so like they were they were they were a little uh, more subtle about that one. Um, yeah, it was so incredible though, and in it's violence and how it sets that up the whole first half. And you know, it's funny. I was I was editing. Um, the previous week's episode. And I think basically we all saw how it was going to go mm-hmm. that, you know, Omni-Man would absolutely pummel Mark. Cause again, he's only known Mark for at best 17 years yeah. in a thousand upon thousand of your life where we get the flashback and see that he's killed any number of his own people, any number of which could have been his own family. So mm-hmm. this is, this is old hat for Omni-Man. Mm-hmm. And that the only way that Mark could possibly defeat him would be to get into his head because he certainly can't beat him physically. Yeah, he had to do the talk no jutsu, uh, made <laughs> famous by Naruto. <laughs> you know, like the talk no jutsu. Like when fighting isn't enough, you have to talk to the villain and, and talk him into submitting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and Nolan has the flashback of, you know, watching Mark hit the ball and the, the whole baseball thing that's been running through the whole show with them playing baseball and memories of being baseball fans and stuff like that. And so that's he he finds something of value. I I saw something interesting about um, uh, Rick, uh, the, the writer of the series, that, um, you know, the, there's a bunch of different things he changed for the series because when he originally wrote this stuff, he was like in his mid twenties, and he said he was like a terrible writer back then. So um, <laughs> he just put in so many great things about like the psychology of like a character like that, like like uh, all the all of the stuff that like an abuser would do. It's like, see what you made me do. This is your yeah, f- this yeah, is yeah. your fault. Like all of that stuff. It's like, oh, I just see her as a pet, you know, and you know, like every yeah, everything yeah. kind of just being a thing that serves him, you know. 
Um, That's I, I really, it. He's the I really, only thing that matters. I really particularly love like the 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 acting, the animation for the acting of of uh, of Omni Man throughout the whole series. Like just in the first episode, you see that something's up with that character, and you rarely see that amount of detail in an animated performance. The body language detail. Body language, is his excellent. eyes, the things that he was thinking yeah. about in, in between dialogue and stuff. Like the what was revealed in his reactions. Like there was like a lot of work, you know. It's it's it not, was a it's smart not move, off, definitely. It's, it's not often that you see really great acting with animated characters. You off you definitely usually see it in Pixar movies, but not so yeah, yeah. not so much so in a lot of two D stuff. You know, like no, not the in best like for television production. Yeah, the best, um, the best animated performance was from Kate Blanchett as the mom in uh, How to Train uh, Your Dragon Two. That crap was insane. Like the performance of that character. Like I don't know if you've seen that movie. I never saw it. I don't know if you've seen that. I have not so, seen it. Everybody out there that wants to see a masterclass in uh, in animation acting, that like Kate Blanchett's character in that in that movie is just. Fantastic, man. <laughs> oh, I was just saying, they only make it more horrifying. I think it was the smart move to give him the bloodshot eyes. Oh, yeah. Following the fight with the immortal because he just looks that much more insane. Oh, yeah. But also distressed. Oh, yeah. So it, both of those things come across. When he's pounding him and screaming at him and they do these exaggerated facial expressions, um, he just... It, it sort of warps reality, but it just, he looks insane, absolutely crazed. It's mm-hmm. fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I totally agree with you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but just to hear the, 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 the mother's reaction to, you know, being called a pet and, and, then, pet. and then juxtaposing that with the flashback scene of her beautifully talking about what human life is to him and like him and him slowly kind of melting into this great, kind of like joy that he had for his young son. And then then they they take that shot and transition it to uh Mark's completely destroyed face. Yeah. Uh, so much great stuff in this. Well, because he's missing teeth as a kid and then they cut oh to him God. missing teeth as an adult. Yeah, man. And that in both those memories he's got the huge gap in the front because his teeth are gone. Lord, Lord, Lord. Oh, so good. That was so brilliant to oh, do yeah. that. That, that transition was, was insane. So good. Oh, boy, man. And then, so they're not the only, so so Omni-Man ultimately comes to see things Mark's way or have a moment of pity or whatever he does and takes off. So, I mean, we, we get the scene later on with Alan Alien where we learn that Mark has not saved Earth mm-hmm. and that Omni-Man leaving changes presumably nothing. Um I'm sure Omni-Man will be back, but the only thing I don't know is will he be back leading the the Veltramites or will he be back opposing them or some other third option? Well, I mean, um, I I really can't remember the comic book at this point, but it, it doesn't make sense that he would go to the Veltramites. Like, why? There's like it, That seems like it would be a death sentence. So to me, mm. it seems like he'd go somewhere else because why would he be going to the Veltramites? Like... Like he he could he could take he could he could take care of Earth by himself, you know. Yeah, know what I mean, or maybe like go back to the Veltramites to plead a case for Earth, but that's not in his character, and that's Dude, certainly he, not something would the Veltramites destroyed. would want to hear. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he he definitely went somewhere else. 
Yeah. That's true. Cause like Alan alien says, like they do not abandon their posts. Like yeah. this doesn't happen. This is going to trigger a much bigger deal. Yeah. So there was a lot of weight to that action. So he probably went somewhere else. He's he's well, he's probably then if he's abandoned his post on earth. So he's probably in hiding somewhere. Maybe man, I love Seth Rogen as Alan alien. Um, oh, he's so good. A, a, a lot of, a lot of these puns don't work as well as they did in the comic. Um, uh, that's something that, that I noted. There's like a lot of cool jokes that worked more for the comic than for animation. And so as mm-hmm. such, they just kind of like didn't play up to them that well or didn't even show them at all, you know? Yeah, I always like that about Alan. I, I'm Alan, the alien. <laughs> <laughs> and he makes the stupid mistake about Earth versus Erath. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then when he comes back to warn him, like, holy shit, you guys, you got to get the hell out of here. There's a Viltrumite on there. He's like, yeah, that's my dad. He's like, oh, sit down. Let's talk about it. Yeah, man. So I think we're going to see a lot more Alan Alien in the Coalition of Planets. Oh, yeah. Because um, they're actively opposing the Viltrumites. Mm-hmm. And um, although, can anyone really actively oppose them? We've got, but we've got other villains to worry about too. We've got uh, the, the, what are they? The Sequids on Mars. Mm-hmm. We still haven't wrapped that storyline up. We got the one uh, astronaut that was remained infected mm-hmm. and they never, you know, uh, you got the army of cyborgs that they show us at the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. It's just freaking amazing. And then just, they give us this great like rogues gallery rundown to let you know that there are additional problems above and beyond. Mm-hmm. Where is Omni-Man? Yeah, it's it's really cool, man. That that uh that that episode will stay in my memory for a long time because it's just like, man, these 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 fools are bold as hell, especially like doing, to show doing, that much blood. I mean, because like the other scene that was kind of messed up, like on the other Amazon show, the the boys, and season one, you know, spoilers. We should have said spoilers to begin with. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, when. When uh, Homelander, like, like, completely leaves that group of people on that plane, like that crap was nuts. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, that, no witnesses. I, like, holy shit. Yeah, and to to just just to kind of be one upped by uh, Invincible <laughs> that that train. Well, scene. and that's the great thing about Invincible is this: like, you have this pure pragmatism uh you know in the veltramites which is just look you're gonna live long enough to watch this planet burn up and turn to dust like if you were jogging across a football field and killed a few hundred ants would you even know like you might not even know and that's the differentiation like that we don't see that that pathological disassociation that somebody like Superman could have like how Superman can fall in love with Lois Lane, knowing full well that like, that's going to be a weekend in your life. Thor loving Jane Foster. That's a weekend, a weekend in your entire life. So how much can you really value those things? And so you see that just pure pragmatism from Nolan when he's explaining to his son, like, how can you, care about something that will be gone in the blink of an eye Mm. and it's because he doesn't have humanity but but you know what we all as human beings behave that way every single day Mm. where we don't value the lives of the things that we barely even notice because our lives eclipse them by such a degree 
it's scary because Nolan is many of us. Yeah, I totally, totally see that. Oh, and can we also say, goddamn fuck that Amber is back? Yeah. <laughs> that was, that <laughs> was had whack. had to bring her back, goddamn it. That was whack. We were so happy last week. Yeah. We were so happy, you and I. Like, oh, all right, that's the end of that Amber shit. Nope, yeah. we're back. But at least now she knows full well, so she can stop being angry when he saves her life, which made no <laughs> sense. Yeah, that was weird. You were a coward, but I know you weren't a coward because I saw you <laughs> save us, but I'm going to call you a coward anyway. <laughs> it's almost as if we wrote this before we knew this. Yeah, so then then they did the scene where, you know, they, they made it seem like... Um, she knew that Adam was a superhero, you know, but then they didn't even recognize her, which is even weirder. Yeah, she yeah, was, yeah, she was yeah, even yeah. I, I butt up against that too. I, I caught that as well, where she was like, you're Adam Eve. It's like, wait, you just, you just proved how perceptive you are. And now the one that literally doesn't wear a mask, you don't recognize. Mm-hmm. It's weird. It's look, ain't nothing perfect. Nobody bats a thousand. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was bullshit though. Yeah. That was completely bullshit. And yeah. then, of course, uh, the agency showing that they have a proprietary spectrum of light. Yeah. Where they can make things visible or invisible. I, I felt like you just tell them, you know, just hide stuff. That seemed a little overly sciencey, but, uh, I but mean, it was good you, fun. You can see that it's going to play into some sort of plot line in the future. You know, it's a great, great foreshadowing for something. It's Chekhov's life spectrum. Yeah, man. That's yeah, def- we get definitely. Light spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> we absolutely would not have mentioned this if we didn't intend to use this later on. Yeah, yeah. And we see that the immortal is on his way back again. Of course. Because he's the immortal. He's he's the Vandal Savage of this universe, and he will not be killed by being torn in two. Mm-hmm. He can change his name to Immortal-ish. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited for season two. I'm excited for it. We get the Mauler. Uh, twins are arrested, ultimately, mm-hmm. finally. Um, and we get a quintessential danger room sequence with the Guardians of the Globe, mm-hmm. where they start becoming a team. So they get <laughs> their arc wrapped up nice and tightly as well. Mm-hmm. All in all, wonderful. They, everybody everybody feels like they came full swing, except Amber, fuck Amber. And, um, <laughs> it, uh, <laughs> but otherwise, everybody else gets a really fulfilling satisfying arc i'm just i'm excited to see where it goes from here Mm -hmm. um because i'm not really sure where you pick this up there's a lot of threats and which one of them are coming first the aliens we see that they're on their way back too and we still got the rock guy uh uh uh, titan um to be dealt with so there's a lot there's there's a lot of bad guy loose ends but it's nice to see the good guy loose ends tied up pretty tightly yeah yeah, nice, uh, tight little, how many episodes was that, seven? Eight, eight episodes. Eight episodes, yeah, nice little eight episode uh, thing, all like all hour episodes, like then you'd never see that um, for for animated thing, it's always usually 22 minutes, so yeah, this, uh, man, like, it's, it's so crazy, we're so spoiled by streaming. <laughs> yeah, we are. That we can get stuff like this, so cool. I think, that, I think that's about it. All right. Well, tell me, Arthur, where can people find you if they want to find you? You can find me at ArthurRomeo.live. You can also see me on Instagram at Dreamboat82. 
And you can also check out my YouTube channel, uh, Draw Really Awesome Wow, where I do wow. uh, yeah, I do art tutorials and uh, with some uh, funny voiceover commentary uh, by yours truly. What about you, Tommy Boy? You can find me on Facebook at Thomas Olton, O-L-T-O-N, or you can find me on Instagram at Thomas.Olton, uh, where I occasionally post some stuff, but I'm not too much of a social media guy. But hey, if you want to find me, you can find me. Mm-hmm. You should find this guy. This guy's golden. Nah, you only say that because you're my best friend. All right, so, <laughs> well, it's been a joy speaking to my best friend yet one more time, and uh, let's do it all again next week, if you will. Oh, yeah. Have a good one, guys. Tell him that show again. Tales to admonish. <laughs> <laughs> and now the outro music. <laughs>